are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Anthony Henson did a great job last week in opening up this topic, and I, I appreciate him. Uh, he did a great job opening up the, our series, The Parable of Bless. Yeah, you can appreciate it. You got a little love. As he reminded us, the mission of the Calvary Church, it exists to help people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and live out his purposes. We talked about what it, a disciple is and, and how we become a disciple. And John chapter 15, verse 8 Jesus said, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And so we realize that we're called as disciples, as those who are seeking a growing relationship with Christ, that he calls us not to just walk with him and to just just be passive participators in the gospel, but we are to produce spiritual fruit in our lives. And as you know, if you've went through our assimilation courses, you've heard this and been a part of this, but we ask the question, how does one come to bear spiritual fruit? And I need four volunteers. I need the three guys right here and uh, Haruya to come up quickly. We're, it's, it's a hand clap at night. It's a hand clap at night. All right, so... Anthony did the, the skit where you guys had to act it out. Here's, here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to have you do uh, a still scene, okay? So what I want you to do is I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a phrase, and I just want you to create a pose that you think represents that phrase. But you have to hold that pose for a little bit, okay? So just be reminded, whatever pose you strike... All right, so we talked about the parables of the sower in Mark chapter 4, and uh, Jesus talks to them, opens up this parable, and he said, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. So I need the seed that's on the path, represent a path for me. Yeah, a path. I think you got the best one. If it, it was, Okay. Okay. Whatever, you just got to stop. A still scene means, okay, we've stopped. All right, other, the other seed fell on rocky ground and uh, where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up and had no depth of soil. The sun rose, scorched it, it had no root and withered away. So, uh, rocky soil. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. He's even got the hat, right? It's amazing how the Lord helps with these kind of things. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no grain. Thorns. All right, there we go. And the other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, 100. And he who has an ear, let him hear. So good soil. A prophet is just good soil. We all know that. So you could just stand there and represent the prophet family. And he said to them, do you not understand these parables? And then he goes on, and you know he explains the parables. And, and the first one says, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. We understand, if you walk through that whole parable, that the ultimate goal of growth is fruit. 
It's not growth, it's fruit. And Jesus cursed the fig tree that just grew but had no substance to its growth. And so we realize that fruit is important and we, we highlight four areas or five areas, I should say, where we can work on to allow fruit to be realized. And so in the parable of Mark 4, the critical factor we know to something growing is the soil. So the seed was the same, the atmosphere was the same, everything was the same, but the soil was what was most important. And so we realize that our, the soil of our hearts is uh, important to ultimately what grows out of our life. And so the reason we say that a disciple belongs locally is because we realize that it takes people in your life for you to ultimately become who you need to become. No one person is the church. You need each other to grow into what God needs you to become. And so uh, we cultivate the soil by belonging locally. And then we talk about the seed, the importance of the seed. The next step in growth process is seed. The seed has to be planted. Different seed produces different crop. And so we realize that a disciple will learn truth. A disciple will learn truth. The next thing is... What the atmosphere? The atmosphere has to be right in order to the, for the seed to come out of the ground. You need sun, you need rain, and uh, when we realize that the power and presence of God is so vital to what we ultimately become, we will reach for His presence in our life, both in our daily life and in our public life here at church. And, and a disciple will truly experience transformation. Will experience the power and presence. Of God. And then finally, a disciple it has the right soil, the right seed, the right atmosphere will produce fruit. But the question always is what good is fruit that stays on a vine? You need to pull down the fruit, the harvest, the fruit. And so a disciple will share light, has something to give to this world in relation to their own experience with the gospel, and will serve others. And so we have both a responsibility and an opportunity to share our lives with those around us. So when we belong locally, when we learn truth, when we experience transformation, when we share light, when we serve others, we will live out God's purpose in our life and we will truly bless others. And everyone said amen. I want to lend my voice. Thank you. Give them a round of applause. They did a great job. I want to lend my voice tonight towards the importance of the seed of God's word. When Jesus gives us this understanding of the parable found in Mark 4, he clearly states that the sower, when he, when he gives the understanding, he says the sower sowed the word. He makes the application immediately to seed and the word of God. Jesus makes it clear in the parable that the, that the sower that is going to see fruit realized, that seed must come from the word of God. Now, that, that sounds simple, but I, I found it to be profound. It's important because the seed is what contains the blueprint for the fruit. You don't get fruit without seed. Potential fruit is in the seed. 
John chapter 12, 24 tells us this, most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. What this world needs doesn't come from us. It comes from God. That's why it's imperative that what we are producing comes from the truth of God's word. The word really doesn't, or the world really doesn't need our ideas or our thoughts and our opinions. What the world needs is what can be produced out of my life by the word of God. It's powerful. That's why God would say, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. What you and I produce in the natural man is not what this world needs. The fruit that is produced, God said in that parable, that the seed is the word of God. The seed that ultimately produced 30, 60, 100-fold worth of fruit came from the seed, not of man, not created or crafted by human ingenuity, but by the word of God. And that's why the enemy is so aggressive about sabotaging the seed of God's word in your life. The reality is that my life can produce other things from other seeds. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, another parable he put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. That there's in the same field good fruit and bad fruit. And so we realize that my life can produce other things than what's found in the Word of God. Paul said it like this in Galatians chapter 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you before, just as I have told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit. See, your flesh can produce things, and it does produce things. And so we realize that the seed of God's word is so imperative to produce what God needs this world to have. And what does this world need? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so we have the opportunity to produce different things out of our life depending on what kind of seed is planted in our life. And so we need 
to realize that God wants His Word to be planted in our life. And so as a disciple, we seek to learn truth. Don't just attempt to learn a truth or someone's version of the truth, but we are trying to learn the truth in our life. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, he said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth is not subjective. Truth is not an abstract concept. Truth is foundational. It's rock solid. Truth is Jesus Christ. And whatever I have to do to get to him is the truth that I follow. He is truth. And so whatever I have to do to find him, to, to experience all that he has for me is the truth. And our first value at the Calvary Church, it's sitting up here, is we value the will of God at any cost. Our second value at the Calvary Church is the value that we have on the Bible. And we say the Bible is the supreme authority. We have a high view of Scripture. And in some cases, this high view of Scripture is a significant difference between us and other Christian belief systems. But I just remind us tonight of five quick reasons why we have confidence in the Word of God. The first is the documentation of the Word of God, the Bible that we read. Thousands of ancient hand-copied documents referred to as manuscripts provide the proof of the New Testament and Old Testament's historical consistency. And in fact, there's significantly more documentation about the, the books of the Bible than there are for other historically recognized books and authors and literature such as Plato and the Iliad and, and those kind of things. The Bible is more historically consistent. So documentation allows us to have confidence in the Word of God. Archaeological findings, places and people mentioned in Scripture allow us to have confidence in the Bible. The, the very life of Christ allows us to have confidence in the Bible. The, the, the Jesus uh, story was not just a, a mythology, but we realize that there is historical documentation of Jesus Christ. And other ancient cultural documents reference his existence. For instance, the Roman leader and historian uh, Tacitus, he said, Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abominations called Christians by the populace. Christus, from whom the name had its origin, suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hand of one of... Uh, one of the leaders or governors, Pontius Pilate. And we realize we can have confidence in the word of God because Jesus, the historical figure, is not a mythology. He was a real person that lived on the earth. We can also have confidence because of fulfilled prophecies. The Bible contains hundreds and even thousands of prophecies that have been fulfilled 
over time and prophecies that we can even see happening today. And the fifth reason, there's many others, but the fifth reason I would submit tonight that you can have confidence in the Bible as the inspired, infallible Word of God is that it works. The Bible speaks to the human condition and the human soul in a way that has life-changing impact on individuals from all cultures, nations, and walks of life. The Scripture, the Holy Bible... It works. The truths that are found in that word of God work. We can place our confidence in the word of God. And I want to take just a moment here, and I want to acknowledge some really special people in our church. Amazing, amazing people in our church. I'm going to have them come in now. I want all of our Bible quizzers to walk in. Would you give them a great Round of applause. Come stand behind me here. Now, if you're going to war, if you're going to spiritual battle, these are the ones that you want to talk to because they are learning the Word of God. And so I'm going to have them just affirm our belief in the Word of God and quote some passages that they're memorizing right now. We're going to start with Ava. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and in the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, fairly furnished unto all good works. Knowing this verse, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For, for the prophecy... For the prophecy came not in all time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the words of our God shall stand forever. For whatsoever things were in aforetime were in for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And many other signs truly to Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Let the word of Christ dwell on you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Would you give them a great round of applause? You can be seated or go back to your class. 
They are amazing. And they're learning the Word of God, hundreds and hundreds of scriptures, because the Word of God works. It's powerful. And I thank God for the Word of God. But what good is a book if you've never read it? What good is an idea if you never knew it existed? I love watching life hacks on YouTube. All right. Everybody's acting like they've never seen them. Anybody have the... Have you ever used a life hack video on YouTube? Raise your hand very carefully. Never heard of it. Good for you. All right. So uh, I would never recommend you search anything on YouTube, so I'm not going to tell you to look it up, but... There's videos that help you know there's better ways of doing things. And it's, you're like, a lot of times you see something and you're like, ah, I had no idea. I say that like about pretty much any house chore. I like watch a video like, I did not know the vacuum cleaner worked like that. They have those books for dummies, right, to help people. Because what good is an idea if you've never heard of it? We must seek to learn the truth found in God's Word. There is so much in the Word of God for your life. So many amazing hacks and cheats. So many principles of wisdom on actually how to handle your relationship. How to handle grief and how to handle things you're going through. I'm not making light of any of that. I'm saying the Bible helps us walk through areas of our life, but what good is it that it sits on these pages if you've never read it? And so we could study a lifetime and never completely unveil everything there is to know in God's Word. Remember when I was around 10 years old, one of my Sunday school teachers told me that there was always something that I could get out of a lesson or message. And she said, it doesn't matter how bad the speaker is, doesn't matter what, it, what they're saying, you can always get something out of what is being preached or taught from the Word of God. It's that powerful. And so... I want to give you three ways to learn truth. Three ways to learn truth. The first way to learn truth is through preaching. The Bible shows us a difference between teaching and preaching. I would submit that preaching is vital to your walk with God. Acts chapter 8 verse 4, Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Acts chapter 8, verse 25, so when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Acts chapter 10, 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Acts chapter 11, 19, now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled to those places preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. Preaching is powerful in your life. Preaching is evangelistic by nature. 
Most scriptures in the New Testament that speak of preaching connect it to the gospel. Preaching is a proclamation. It literally means to herald. My dad always said, teaching is telling. Preaching is yelling. If we are a car needing to go somewhere, preaching is the fuel in the car. Teaching is the fixing of the car. We need the preaching of God's Word. We need prophetic, inspirational communication of God's Word. Preaching of God's Word is a seed that will produce fruit in our lives if we respond to it and receive it. I make it a point on Sunday mornings to preach in a way that allows those who have never heard the gospel to hear the gospel message. And we make an an opportunity on Sunday mornings for people to respond to that message, that gospel message. And I would encourage you to be a part of those altar appeals. When I call for people, the reason I'm calling most times for everyone is so that somebody who wants to respond doesn't feel isolated by the the invitation to respond because preaching requires a response. Preaching requires you to receive the word of God. And so we receive it many times with prayer and uh, contemplation about what God is saying in our life. Preaching is powerful and preaching can help you learn truth. The second way to learn truth is through teaching. Teaching is different than preaching. Acts chapter 5, verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. In Acts chapter 15, 35, Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Acts chapter 28, 31, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. Teaching is instructional. It is to fix. It is to set in place. It is to build up. Let's look quickly at Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Begins with this idea of equipping, this teaching of God's word. Now, let me take you to the next part of that verse or that chapter because I think it's important. He said, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened. They have not learned truth 
There's no understanding. Being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. They're, they're ignorant of what the Bible, what God's word actually says. Because of this ignorance, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling has given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. You have not so learned Christ. This isn't how you learned. This isn't what was taught to you that Christ produces in your life. This is not the seed of God's word. This is not the fruit of the word of God. You have not learned, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Righteousness and holiness are the fruit of the word of God. It's from learning the word of God, allowing that to uh, take place and to take root in your life that we live a righteous and holy life. The teaching of God's word is seed that produces fruit in your life. The last way tonight I would suggest that we learn truth is through personal study of God's word. The Bible teaches us that we cannot be disciples of Jesus Christ if we do not have a regular intake of the word of God. On one occasion, Jesus said to his followers, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. I submit that we not only need seed that comes from preaching and teaching, but we need seed that comes from personal reading, reflection, and study of the word of God. If you were to consider the great men and women of God who you have come to respect and know. The people you go to in times of need, the people who you ask to pray for you, maybe in times past or now. There's one common denominator that is probably the same in all of them, and that is, number one, they're probably people of prayer, and they read and study their Bible privately. Never before in history has the Bible been more available to the Western world. Yet how often we find ourselves disconnected from the word of God. We really see, as Jesus told us in the parable, we really see the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in and choking out the word of God. And we will be a mighty congregation when prayer, fasting, and personal Bible study become our culture. I'm so thankful for all of you who have signed up for these days of prayer and fasting in January. God's going to do a mighty work among us through that and in us. And I just challenge you to add the reading and study of God's word in your daily time with God. It's important for you to privately read the word of God. And I know some, I even got some 
communication that some are looking to read the entire Bible in a year, and I commend that effort. It's amazing. You should try to read as much of the Bible as you can. You should try to read a translation that you understand. And uh, you can find a lot of ways to read the Bible if you have the Version app. Some of you are familiar with that app. And if you took Discover Calvary, we gave you uh, different ways that you can read the Bible. If you ever want to know different ways, we can certainly send you more information about that. But I would challenge you to not just speed read the Bible, but look for a systematic way to read Scripture, to reflect on it, to study it, and pray about what you're actually reading. You might, might take you longer. You, it's not as easy to check off the box that you've read the whole Bible. But I think you can gain a lot of insight by taking topics or taking a book of the Bible and slowing down and seeing exactly what God is saying in those passages. And so, in conclusion tonight, my main idea, honestly, is to encourage and challenge us to commit to put ourselves in a place to hear and respond to the Word of God. To hear and respond to the Word of God. At TCC, we have several opportunities that we provide where we're, our goal is for you to hear the Word of God. We have personal Bible studies that we offer. We use this Bible study a lot called Uncovered. It's 12 lessons, and it walks through the entire Bible at a high level. And there's other Bible studies that we recommend. If you've never taken a personal Bible study, I recommend that you do that. Throughout the week, now where life groups are getting ready to start up, where we have the opportunity for growth groups. There are going to be some growth uh, groups that start that are going to be going through different uh, studies and different uh, uh, books and resources. And so life groups are a way that you can learn truth. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we have our kids' land, which is an amazing opportunity. They go through the Bible. Literally, they walk through the whole Bible in three years. And so when you're bringing your child to 10 a.m., Sunday school or kids' land, and on Wednesday night, they're learning the Word of God at a high level. It's amazing the literacy that has increased since we started this almost three years ago. And I know from personal experience with our daughters, it's been amazing. We have Verge 56 uh, happens on Sunday morning, and that's for fifth and sixth graders. Same kind of concept. Oxano, that happens on Sunday mornings from 10 to 10.30. And then the New Life class. This is a class taught by Kristen where you walk through, I think it's 23 principles of God's Word. And uh, if you've never been through that course, that's an awesome class. I recommend that you be a part of that. It's a great venue. We know we're launching our new Young Professionals class on Sunday morning, this Sunday at 10 a.m. It's for those who are 21 to 39, single or married. And uh, again, it's an opportunity for you to learn truth. And then we have our adult class for those who are 40 years old and up. And it's in the fellowship hall. And it's an opportunity where God's word is being shared and imparted. You'll never walk into one of these venues and not... Have the word of God imparted into you. And great seeds of the, of, of the word of God are happening all around us. And then on Sunday mornings, our main emphasis is preaching. 
but it's the seed of God's word through preaching that happens on Sunday morning and in our worship services. On Wednesday night, we again have Kids Land. We have Verge 56. We have Axano. We have our assimilation courses, Discover Calvary, Membership 101, and Ministry 201. All of these are with very intentional reason we're teaching the word of God because seed, specific seed produces specific fruit. And so we, we, we value that, we believe in that principle. And then what we started on Wednesday night, Growth University, it's very much uh, going to be an, an active teaching of God's Word, a very systematic way of approaching God's Word so that we can all grow together. And then finally, we have our Purpose Institute, which is uh, next level, in my opinion, learning of God's Word. You spend uh, up to... Um, six, 12 hours of learning in four months on a particular subject. And there's a paper to write and a book to read. And it's very systematic. And if you were to go through this whole program, it would take you four years. But it's very powerful. And the Word of God comes alive. And, and it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And if you haven't done Purpose Institute, I encourage you to check it out. But what kind of seed is being planted in your mind and heart, because seed bears fruit after its kind. Seed bears fruit after its kind. If your whole emphasis is entertainment and the desires of the world, and you're just spending your time letting your mind be on those kind of things, it's going to produce a certain type of fruit in your life. Now, I'm not going to bash entertainment or anything like that, but I think it would be valuable for us to consider what kind of seed is being planted in the soil of our hearts. Is the word of God, because the, the parable said the word is the seed. That's the fruit that God is looking for. And so I think it's a challenging thing. What kind of seed is being planted in your heart? So I hope that you'll make a commitment. I hope you'll make a commitment to look into God's word deeper, both corporately when we're together and privately when you're by yourself in your time of devotion. Now, I told you to sit by somebody, and I'm glad you did, because I want you now, it's app time. Everyone say app time. App time, and I want you to talk among two to four people. So it can be two, three, or four. And I want you to answer these three questions with the person sitting around you. All right? So you have about three minutes. I'm trying to get some of that time back that Anthony used last week. So I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to get that back for us. All right? So, so seriously, I'm, this is not a joke. I want you to, to ask the person next to you, get in groups of two or three, what is your favorite book of the Bible and why? Make these answers short. What topics are you most interested right now in knowing about as it pertains to the Bible? What is your goal for personal study of the Bible this year? All right, would you stand tonight? Thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful for the power and presence of God. And uh, his word is so strong in our life if we'll take it seriously. I pray that you would make some application to what you heard tonight. 
maybe look at ways to read the Bible. If you're going to read the Bible straight through, that's awesome. There's a, there's a great value in that. I don't want to discourage that or disparage that in any way. Uh, but but uh, it's also all right to slow it down and to, to look at God's word in, in other ways. So I want to pray for us tonight, pray for us as a congregation, that God would just uh, give, us, give us what we need to uh, keep living uh, a fruitful life in these days. God, I thank you for this night. I thank you for the, the power and presence of your word, the opportunity, God, to look into it and not just be uh, maybe uh, chastised by your word, but Lord, to be empowered by your word, to be encouraged by your word, that you're inviting us into such an incredible relationship with you. And you've given us, God, an amazing uh, opportunity in your word. You've given us the Bible, Lord, to help us understand better your plan and your will for our life. And I pray that we would take advantage of what we have in front of us. Each one of us have the opportunity each day to read your word, to look into it. And I pray there would be a hunger for your word, a hunger for your presence like we've yet to see. Bless us this week. Bless our time together. Bless us on our jobs and in our schools, Lord, and in our our relationships, I pray. Bless our finances, God. Let us be obedient to your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.